0: Thanks for watching today. I want to remind you that if there's anything that you need prayer for, don't hesitate to give us a call, send us an email, or submit a request online. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. Today we're continuing in the faith series with Spirit of Faith. The whole Bible, from beginning to end, points us to Jesus and explains how we must have faith in Jesus to walk with God. Doing good will never get us into heaven, but having a spirit of faith that Jesus is our Redeemer will make you right in God's
1: book. I'm really, really excited about the message today. I want to continue to talk to you about faith. I want to start in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, we've talked about the fact, if you look to people You will always be disappointed. Somebody's gonna say the wrong thing. Somebody's gonna do the wrong thing. How many of you know somebody who got offended because of what somebody said at church or what somebody did? How many of you know somebody who got offended? And we look at people. But the Bible makes it really clear looking unto Jesus, the beginning and the end of our faith. He's the one that we put our faith in in the beginning and he is the one who brings our faith all the way through to the end. Second uh, Timothy 3, 16, you took in the sacred scriptures with your mother's milk. And by the way, there is no better time to get your children involved in church, in the word, than when they're young. Plant it in them when they're young, right? And there's nothing like the written word of God to show us the way of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So the way of salvation is through faith in Jesus. Most people believe that it's through some type of good works. In their minds, somehow, on Judgment Day, God's going to have a great big scale up in heaven. And if your good works make more than your bad works, you slide into heaven. But if your bad works make more weight than your good works, you're going to slide into hell. Now, nothing could be further from the truth. The Bible says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to all who believe. So, in other words, you are not made righteous by doing good works. You're made righteous through faith in Christ. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans 3 that no one has ever been made right with God by the works of the law. No one's ever been good enough to be made right with God. Not even Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. Nobody. And definitely not me or you. So you don't get right with God by doing good works. But through faith in Jesus. In fact, the whole Bible really points to Jesus. In John 5, Jesus made this statement. You search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they that testify of me. And and literally, Jesus is talking about what we would refer to as the old covenant. And he said they testify about him. Someone said it like this. What's in the old concealed is in the new revealed. But Jesus, again, in Luke 24. It says these are the words which he spoke to you while he was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the psalms concerning me. In other words, all that stuff in the Old Testament, it all is pointing to Jesus. And in the New Testament, it's all pointing to Jesus. He's the beginner and the finisher of your faith. I know people talk about the the last book in the Bible is the, the book of Revelation. And people say, oh, it's Revelation of what's going to happen at the end times. And listen, there's a lot of that in there. But it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants. It's not a revelation of end times. It's a revelation about Jesus. It's a revelation about what Jesus is going to do. It says this in Hebrews 10. In verse 1, the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things. So, in other words, when you look in the Old Testament, you're going to see a shadow. But how many know if there's a shadow, it's because there's a reality. There is a reality. And in the Old, you find the shadows, you find the types. But the real is always found in Jesus. Literally from the beginning to the end of the Bible, it's constantly talking about, pointing us to Jesus. In the garden that God created and put Adam and Eve in when they sinned, God said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Literally, it's talking about Jesus, calling him the seed of the woman, and he will bruise the devil's head. When they sin, the Bible says that God, he made skins, he made clothes out of skins to cover Adam and Eve. And, and how many of you know you're supposed to wear some clothes? All right? But what it really points to, it points to a couple of things. It points to the fact that blood has to be shed when there's sin. And the result of sin has to be covered. When, uh, Adam and Eva leave the garden. It says that Adam knew his wife again after Cain killed Abel. And she bore a son and called his name Seth. And it really means substitute. It means substitute. And, and it's pointing to Jesus who is our substitute. You know, later, the Bible talks about Noah's flood and God told Noah to build an ark. The Bible says that that ark had three stories, one door, one window. How I many three stories: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one window, Holy Spirit, One door. How I many you know Jesus said, "I am the, the door." And by the way, how many of you know how Noah lit the ark? Well, he had floodlights. So I started. I'm trying I'm trying hey man, let's try to do this again you know as he's putting it together there's, there's cracks how many of you know how he filled all those cracks had an art welder it. some of you catch that later okay so <laughs> or it was really bad I'm not sure okay so <laughs> so Abraham God the friend of God God makes a covenant with Abraham and tells him take your son your son Isaac, go to Mount Moriah and offer him there as a sacrifice. The Bible says he takes his son, and takes a three-day journey. They get to Mount Moriah. And by the way, Mount Moriah is the mount where Jerusalem is. It's where the Temple Mount is. Right? He makes an altar, puts his son up on that, on that altar. And if you were to go there today, On the spot where Abraham built that that altar stands the Dome of the Rock. How many of you have seen pictures of Jerusalem with that big gold dome? That's the spot. If you were to get the wall that's to the east to disappear, you'd see down a little Kidron Valley, and then just as it goes up, it's, it's not a quarter mile away, you would see the remains of a place called the Place of the Skull. Calvary, where Jesus was crucified. It's right there. And of course, as Abraham is just about to take and kill his son, God says, stop. He said, now I know that you will not, you love me and you will not withhold anything from me. And then God said, or Abraham actually said it, he said, Jehovah Jireh. I remember that old song we used to sing like 25, 30 years ago, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. But Actually, any of you with the center column reference Bible, you look and it actually says, in this mountain, it will be provided. In this mountain, it will be provided. And in that same place where Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, God sacrificed his son. It was just a type of, of what God was going to do. God had Abraham do it. Egypt's Passover. That Passover lamb represents Jesus. His blood was put on the doorposts and above the door. And God said, wherever I see the blood, I will not allow the destroying angel to go in. So many of the Old Testament characters are just types of Jesus. Whether it's Moses, Joseph, the high priest. But thought about Joseph. Joseph, like Jesus, was the beloved of his father. He was envied and hated without cause by his brother. Joseph, like Jesus, was foretold that one day he would rule. He was sent by his, brother, by his father to seek his brother's welfare, rejected and condemned to die, stripped of his clothing, sold for a handful of pieces of silver, both of them, right, to Gentiles, both became servants, both resisted temptation, both were falsely accused. Both were numbered with the transgressors. Both were promoted to honor and glory and given a new name. And both were commanded that all the people were to bow before them. And with both, the people did not recognize them when they were revealed. If you uh, just take in in your Bible and look at the first ten names of Adam's descendants, of course, Adam simply means man. Seth means appointed, Enoch means mortal, Kenya means sorrow, and if you read it all together, it's man appointed mortal sorrow. The blessed God shall come down, teaching. His death shall bring the despairing rest and comfort. Every part of your Bible, it just constantly points to Jesus, and he is the author the beginner and the finisher of your faith. Even the Sabbath day points to Jesus. On the Sabbath day, you were not allowed to even start a fire in your house. Uh, Today, as the Orthodox Jews follow that, uh, you're not allowed to even turn on a light because it produces a spark. Um, We've many times gone to Orthodox Jews' homes on the Friday night and they'll put tape over the light switch so you don't forget and turn it on. If you stay at, the hotel, at a hotel in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, which starts Friday when the sun goes down, and you get in that elevator, you got to be sure you're, you're in the right elevator because the Shabbat elevator, the Sabbath day elevator, stops at every floor and stays there for 30 seconds. Because if you're an Orthodox Jew, you can't press the button because it produces a spark. So if you're staying in a 30-floor building, and it's going to stop 30 seconds at every floor, how many of you know it's going to take you a long time to get to the top? Right? But really, all of it was just pointing to Jesus. And it was pointing that there was nothing that you could do to save yourself. Nothing. You couldn't do anything on the Sabbath day and it's true there's nothing you can do to save yourself because jesus did it all in its faith in what he has done for us 2 corinthians 4:13 since since we have the same the identical spirit of faith according to what's written i believed therefore i spoke that's what david said i believed therefore i spoke He was facing Goliath, and he said, this is what's going to happen to you, Goliath. Today, I'm going to take you down. Why? He believed, therefore he spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Now, the Bible said that he had a spirit of faith, a spirit of faith. Now, principles about faith can be taught, but a spirit of faith is more caught then it is taught. It's caught. So David, he kills Goliath. The king becomes jealous. Ultimately, the king is trying to kill him. He has to flee for his life. He's living out in a cave. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel 22, David therefore departed. He escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and his fathers heard of it, they went down to him there. And everyone who was distressed, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him, and he became a captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. Now, get who comes to David? Everybody who's distressed, in debt, in discontent. How many of you realize this is not the cream of the crop? Right? In fact, if they were discontent last place they were at, it's not going to take very long before that same discontent is going to come out again. right? Unless something changes on the inside, that outside manifestation is going to come again. So David did not get the best, the cream of the crop. He got the discontented. He got those that were in trouble. He got those that were in debt. And he became their captain. But what happened was what David had begin to get on the men that were with him. And those men stayed with him, and later on, they are called David's mighty men. Now, it's interesting that David, he's 17 years old. He's not a part of the army. He shows up, and he kills the giant. Saul, in all of his army, not one person was able to kill the giant. But you know what David produced in his group? He produced a bunch of giant killers. Every time a giant showed up, one of David's mighty men showed up and took care of the giant and took him out. King Saul couldn't produce a giant killer because he wasn't a giant killer. But David produced giant killers. And the Bible talks about David's mighty men. And I just wanted to mention one of them today. It says, after him, one of David's mighty men, was Shammah, the son of Agi the Harite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Now, lentils are just some beans, right? So the people fled from the Philistines. And he, Shammah, stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Now, let me just point out that Shammah could have thought that he did it. But the Bible tells us that the Lord brought a great victory. You might think that you're really hot stuff and something great is happening, but let me just tell you, it's the blessing of the Lord that's on your life, that brings you success, that brings you deliverance, that brings you victory. Now, it says that everybody else took off. They saw the Philistines coming and they ran, but Shammah, he just took, put himself in the middle of about an acre of beans and says, these are my beans, right? And I ain't letting no enemy have my territory. You cannot have my beans. we got to have that same attitude. The spirit of faith that David had passed on to the people that were with him. Now, look, David had the spirit of faith when he was about 14 years old. Moses had the spirit of faith when he was 80. It has nothing to do with how old you are nothing, right? But it does have something to do with who you hang around with and how you feed your spirit so that spirit of faith can keep on growing. But he said, you're not going to have my beans. Let me tell you, the spirit of faith says, you are not going to have my kids. You're not going to have my marriage. You're not going to have my grandchildren. You're not going to have my health. You're not going to have my money. You're not going to take my destiny. I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to fight and I'm going to stand against the enemy, and God is going to give me some victory. Listen, if you let the devil have your beans, he will want your rice, your enchiladas, your burrito, your horchata. He's going to want it all. So you just got to right away say, no, it is not happening. Right? right, I'm going to stand right here And what belongs to me, what God has given me, what's mine, I'm going to have it in Jesus' name. Since we have the same, literally the identical, like a a carbon copy of the spirit of faith, right? Believe Notice, I believe, therefore I spoke. You know, the, the spirit of faith, part of it is believing, part of it is speaking or doing. And speaking and believing opens the door to the supernatural. Speaking and believing opens the door to the supernatural. Romans 8 says, but what does faith say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, even the word of faith, which we preach, that spirit of faith. You know, we sing a song. This is how we fight our battles, right? We fight our battles on our knees, but we fight our battles with the word that comes out of our mouth with faith in our heart. The Bible says in Psalms 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In Job 23, it says, you will also declare or decree a thing. It will be established for you so light will shine on your way. And when they cast you down, I've been cast down, and you say. When they cast you down and you say, exaltation will come. Then he, God, will deliver the humble person. Isaiah 55, God said, I create the fruit of the lips. Isaiah 59, my word that I put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor the mouth of your descendants, nor the mouth of your descendants' descendants, from this time forth or forevermore. Somebody says, it just sounds like a lot of work and I'm just too weak to do that. Well, Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong. Romans 8, it says, what shall we then say to these things? When trouble shows up, when opposition shows up, we are supposed to say what God says about it. In Hebrews 8, it said, therefore, we will boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? In Revelation 12, 11, it says, and they, that's us, overcome him, that's the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, the most impressive thing about Jesus, uh, it was not his appearance in uh, Isaiah 53 in verse 2. It says, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing To attract us to him. And I've heard people talk about, oh, Jesus' eyes. His eyes were just so full of compassion. Well, the Bible says that's not what happened. People didn't go, oh, look at his eyes. They didn't go, do you see his hair? He's got that long, wavy hair. It wasn't Jesus' hair, it wasn't his eyes. They didn't go, do you see his shoes? Man, does he have nice shoes. Did you see his donkey? Man, he's got the nicest donkey in town. They didn't go, oh, look at Jesus' robe. Boy, what a pretty robe he has. There was nothing about Jesus that would attract you to him. But they said no man ever spoke like this man speaks. It was his words that attracted people to him. No one ever spoke like it. Luke 4 says, and they were astonished at his teaching for his word was with authority. Most of us today have got some sort of a smartphone. They even got me a smartphone now. I've got, I'm using a smartphone. And that phone is much smarter than I am, let me tell you. I, I know how to use it for about six or seven things. Right? But they said there are over 100,000 apps for my iPhone. In other words, that phone... Will do a whole lot more than what I'm using it for. All right? Let me just tell you something. Salvation has got so many different aspects to it. In fact, when, when you have faith, it's like there are like endless applications. It doesn't just bring you salvation and forgiveness and deliverance and joy and peace and righteousness and sanctification and healing, and d- preservation, and safety, but there are a list as long as there are apps on for, for your iPhone about what you can do in and through faith. But your faith has to be recharged. Right? The Bible says, since we have or having the same spirit of faith, it's got to be recharged. It's recharged through use. It's recharged through the Word of God. It's recharged through right associations. The Bible says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, you know this, all right, uh, for, for how many years? From 12 to 58, so like for, for 45 years, all right, I, I ran between 40 and 70 miles a week for 45 years. Um, I'm 65 and I don't do that anymore. (laughs) You say, why? Because the outward man is perishing. (laughs) But I want to tell you something true. I am stronger on the inside than I have ever been in my whole life. So the outward man perishes, but the inward man, he gets renewed every day. Every day. Now here's the deal. It's your job to make sure he gets renewed. Right? The mercy, God's mercies, they're new every day. Right? But you and I, we've got to make sure that we're doing what energizes that inner man. Literally God is the only self-energizing spirit in the world, in the universe. It's God. All the rest of us, we need to get plugged back in. right? Now, now when, when uh, we're, we're, we're Je- Jeannie bought a farm, and, and so I go with Jeannie to her farm, all right? And uh, not very far from the farm is the White Pine Trail, all right? So every morning that we're up north, You know, I get up, I do some Bible reading, and I pray, and then I get on my bike, right? And I do 26 miles on the White Pine Trail. But but when I leave, at least now, it's dark, right? So I've got a headlight in the front. I got this little red beeper light in the back. Beep, 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 you know, off to the trail I go, all right? Every time after I'm done, you know what I need to do? I need to take them both off, bring them in, plug them in, and recharge them. And when I do that, they're ready for the next day, right? But if I don't do that, I just go a couple of days, all right? And, and uh, it's not good, because I can't see what's on the trail. In fact, this week, I came without two feet from running over two porcupines on the trail that would not get off the trail, <laughs> all right? And, uh, seriously, all right? And the only reason I did not hit them was because I plugged in the night before. All right? Now, you and I, we need to renew every single day. We got to get back, get energized, all right? And that spirit of faith, it is a spirit of victory, a spirit of overcoming, right? It's that spirit that says, bless God, we have got victory. How many of you have ever been coyote hunting? Not very many. Well, let me teach you, the rest of you. So if somebody ever says, let's go coyote hunting, you can say, I know all about it. Pastor Wayne told me. All right. You, you literally get all camoed up because they can see. Who can they see? All right. And you get a spot downwind from where you figured they're going to come. So they can't smell you because they can smell. All right. And then you get this. All right. You say, what is that? That is a hurt rabbit screaming. Now, let me just tell you what coyotes do when they hear a hurt rabbit. They're just like. (laughs) And they are coming. All right? They are coming. They're coming. All right? And you know what they're looking for? They're looking for the hurt rabbit. All right? Hurt people, defeated people, hopeless people doubting people. Do you know what? They say things that just attract the coyotes of the spiritual world. Devils. (laughs) Nothing ever works out for me. My marriage is falling apart and that jerk, I should just get rid of him. I'm never going to get free my money i'm just gonna lose everything i'm just so and everything's so bad all the men in my family get cancer when they're in their 50s and i'm sure i'm going to get it too nobody loves me i may just as well kill myself because nobody would ever miss me anyway devil's wolf <laughs> here they come here they come The Bible says, but what does faith say? It says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. Even the word of faith, which we preach. That Jesus, he delivered you, he forgave you, he made you a new creature in Christ. In him, there's peace, there's joy, there's righteousness, there's victory. Everything that you need is there. And when you begin to speak those words of faith, it brings in angelic visitation. It brings in the Spirit of God. It brings in the victory that Jesus purchased for you and for me. Thank you for being with us today. But as you've been watching today, if you realize in your heart, you know, I'm not right with God. I want to be forgiven. I want to be right with God. I want to be saved. I want to be what Jesus called born again. I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me before we close. Or if you're watching today, but you don't know where you stand with God, the Bible says in 1 John, know that you have everlasting life. You know, we're not supposed to die and then find out if we made it to heaven. We're supposed to know today that we're forgiven, that we're right with God, that we're on our way to heaven. And if you don't know that, you're not where you should be with God. And I want to invite you to pray this prayer with us also from your heart. Just bow your heads, make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. Today I give Jesus all of my heart all of my life. I turned my back on my old life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm living for Jesus every day. He is my Lord and my King. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your kingdom on my way to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, you are right with God. Now, it really is the first step into the kingdom of God. We want to help you keep growing spiritually. Now, I wrote a book full of bullet points to help you keep growing, growing in your relationship with God. We want to send it to you free of charge. You can download an electronic copy, or if you'll contact us, we will send you a hard copy free of charge. All the information is right there on your screen. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you're making one of the best decisions of your life. We're so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you, or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Spirit of Faith, in the WBF store. You can also download the scriptures for this message under the On Demand page. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, go to walkingbyfaith.tv. We'd love to hear how God is using Walking by Faith in your life. You can connect with us on Facebook or send an email to your story at walkingbyfaith.tv. Join us again next week when pastor will show us how our faith connects us. Until then, be blessed.